The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Panda Pig Inc. Rate, review, and subscribe. Hey, it's Panda. And it's Pig. We're back, y'all. And we're teenagers now. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Our episode is teenager is a teenager. Not us. We promise. We're way legal. Trust us. We're not teenagers. And we play. Today (laughs) we are recording in a brand new way. (laughs) Yes. So if we are way too loud or too soft, I'm so sorry. We'll work on it next week. Yeah, we're usually, trying out something new. <laughs> we usually record together in the same room yes. at Pandas, but yes. this week we were unable to get together, so we are recording remotely, and um, it's gonna be interesting. So have some grace with us as to whether or how this turns out. It's gonna be yeah. um, a first for if, us. If it's too loud, my apologies. If it's too soft. Also, my apologies. If it's perfect, you're welcome. Then, yes. Mm-hmm. Round of applause, clap and a half for us. <laughs> We're on the human. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, could it really be worse than our pilot episode? No, I'm not ready to revisit that. I'm not either. That, that'll be... um. That's our dinosaur for now. Yeah. We're just gonna, we're I'm gonna sure, leave that. I'm sure we'll look back even at this episode and cringe. Yes. I'm pretty sure we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one of those episodes where I was echoing and I was like, no. <laughs> I know. It's rough. Technical difficulties. It's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but we're learning. We're newbies yes, to we're this. we're getting there. Just roll with this. It's only season one, okay? We got plenty of seasons to go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's episode get into thirteen. This. Let's episode do it. Episode thirteen. What is this episode called? Ah, this is the woman in the garden. Okay. Yes. So who this written episode by? was directed by Sanford Bookstaver and written by Laura Walner. So Ooh. Sanford directed the girl in the fridge, and oh. he. Oh, and Laura Walner wrote for The Man and the Bear. Oh, so not a bad got, combo. So an interesting combo. And um, I felt like it was a solid episode, too. Oh, yeah. I had lots of thoughts about it. Um, I do, too. I felt interesting. I'm trying to see if, in my mind, if it reminds me at all of The Girl in the Fridge or The Man and the Bear. Um. Hmm. Not really. I would say it gives me closer, in regards to the man and the bear or the girl in the fridge, the thing that I think this episode draws most on is Booth's feelings for Bones, whether that's a protective um, co-worker or uh, appreciating her. The character's feelings, them and Hodgins and Angela, too. True. I see that. That definitely shown in this episode for sure. Absolutely. Like out of nowhere. But obviously we know it's not out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But it kind of felt like out of nowhere at the yeah. same time. Like it jumped. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hmm, where's this backstory, y'all? 
<laughs> so this episode is called The Woman in the Garden. Yes. And essentially what it is about is uh, it has to do with uh, gang activity, uh, political power, and... Uh, death. Death, obviously. <laughs> and uh, forbidden love. You know, gotta love that. Mm -hmm. Immigration issues, throw in the politics... Of course, um, we have to. Booth to being make a, Hodgins crazy. Booth being a bit of an asshole. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and a little I was aggressive. like, bro, calm down. Like, what kind so of character thoughts, you? I, dude, I, oh my gosh, I can't wait till we get into each section, dude. I have <laughs> thoughts all the way. <laughs> so essentially, um, the first character you're introduced to is Jose Vargas, and you find out. Um, through the course of the episode that he is a former gang member and mm -hmm. he uh, is El Salvadorian. He is in the United States illegally with he came with his father and his sister was there. Um, his father ended up dying of natural causes and his sister ended up her death was caused by another person. There seems to be debate as whether it's murder, accident, manslaughter, etc. I'll get into that. Yeah. Um, and it was a delayed death, basically. A from delayed her, from the death incident for her. It was delayed. Mm -hmm. Um, and she is caught in the throes of having a romantic relationship with the son of a senator, and also being the help in that home. So, um, there's kind of a lot of moving parts. So I kind of just leave the summary there and yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of get, get into, into it. it. Cause there's a lot we'll of details everything. in this, um, and a couple yeah. aligning storylines. So let's get started. So the, the episode opens up in little Salvador where Which is so cute <laughs> bones and booth uh, arrive where a man has is being held in custody on the and side if of the road don't know what little salvador is think of it as like when places call something like chinatown or mm -hmm. koreatown that type of thing we got little salvador mm -hmm. in washington so dc mm -hmm. uh so a recently dug up body is found in the back of this guy's trunk um, at this point, we don't know his name, but Booth observes from the man's tattoo that he's a member of the Mara Muerte gang, one of the most feared gangs in the D.C. area. Dun, and dun, when dun. and when they begin to question him uh, and the crowd for some reason uh, about where the body may have been dug up from or if there's a cemetery nearby, a black car does a drive by shooting at everybody, and the suspect takes the opportunity to escape. Booth tries to chase him, but ultimately loses him over a fence. What were your I got thoughts? That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on. Okay, so my first thought was, Bones is so cute. Because she was doing research to improve their work relationship. I noticed that too. I, you know I what? She like, does Aww. that a lot. Like each episode, she's talking about something that she's read or looked at. She's really invested in trying to have a good working relationship with Booth. And whenever yes. she brings it up to him, he looks at her like she's crazy. But I get that mindset. But then he starts grinning though. Like he's mm -hmm. like, oh, I appreciate Like when she gives her explanation as to why... 
he ex- explains like, oh, like, oh, that's yeah. so nice of you both. Yeah. Like, and I get hey. that. Because like, she cares. She wants a strong partner. Yes. <laughs> I get that. I feel that. I'm the yes. type of person where I will try to research to have better relationships, too. So I I relate Yes. And then my other thought was like, of course, movie magic. How y'all not get shot? <laughs> like, I, I get it when they explain later on how who they were not trying to shoot. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I could have sworn they'd at least try to hit someone. Uh, but whatever. And of course, at the end of the scene, I was like, Booth, your anger management is showing. <laughs> so <laughs> my my, um, my Pigpedia thought for this scene is that um, none of the officers uh, took the suspect but abandoned him by the car when their drive-by happened. Mm-hmm. So the issue here is that when they took him into custody, he is now under their protection and their responsibility. So if he gets shot through a drive-by while he's in custody or whatever... I mean, technically, it's not the officer's fault, but by them abandoning him and his family could, if his family wanted to come forward, they could complain against the police department. But technically, because he's in cuffs, he's in their custody and his safety is of them. Now, granted, we know from later on in the episode that this whole drive-by is orchestrated in order to let the suspect escape, but at this point in time, the officer still messed up by just abandoning him and running away. Is it the officer or Booth's fault? Whoever cuffed him, whoever's custody he's in. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. What um, were your thoughts on, like, Bones asking, like, the crowd uh, or the body may, like, thought, if there's a cemetery nearby, do you think I thought it was really was ignorant. Necessary? I, thought, I thought it was really ignorant to just yell that into a crowd. Like, maybe if she walked up to where one of the officers were and she talked to a particular person, but to just yeah. shout it out of the crowd and speaking in Spanish, it just seemed a little naive to me to expect somebody to want to respond, you know? Considering it's none of their business either. Exactly. Kind of getting public into it. But, you know, it yeah. showed that none of them wants to get involved right. with especially, gang members. Especially since Bones points out, she's like, well, they're used to being afraid of the police or not wanting to get involved. So why the hell So why would you yell out to them? <laughs> what? Yeah, the exactly. Hell? And then also, uh, you got to be pretty flexible to be able to step out of your handcuffs like that. I was like, bro, you agile. That's skill, bro. You got to have a convenient arm to leg ratio. The talent. Mm -hmm. Also, I was reading that, um, well, also what it seemed to me is that the gang Mara Muerte uh, Mm. seems to kind of mirror the real life gang um, MS-13 or Mara Salvatrucha. It's oh. have you have you heard of MS13? No. Okay. Well, it's it's a it's a gang kind of originating out of Cali- California, you know, it has to do with uh Salvadorians, etc. Um so they seem to have kind of used inspiration from real life for this okay. episode. That's pretty crazy, but all right. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. do. So, did you have any more thoughts on that scene, though? Mm, not in particular. Not in particular. All right. Let's go to the next scene at the lab. To the lab. 
Tuesday. Angela, Zach, and Hodgins, they're examining the body. Uh, Bones they de- is there, too. Yes, Bones is there, too. They determined that the victim uh, fr- that they found in the truck, in the trunk of the car, uh, was buried for about six months and comes from Central American descent. They find a rosary with her, and they uh, Bones says to submit it to Dr. Goodman for review, since he is an archaeologist and could Yee. possibly know its origins. And he's majestic. And he's so he majestic. <laughs> His time is closing in. Yes. Dude, Hajim's is straight cheesing for Angela in this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, when she says, ew, because he's just talking. And I had two thoughts when he was talking. One mm-hmm. is when he says grave digger, I'm like, okay, that's spooky. Right. Because I know what the future holds. But then when Angela is like, ew... He's just like straight cheese and just smiling. I'm like, I love you two together. I realized that also Hodgins is kind of like, because, uh, you know, there's an intern later on in the series, yeah. Vincent, who's known for spitting random facts. I feel like that's Hodgins for at least the first so many episodes where whenever they're in the lab and they're examining the body, yeah, he comes up he with some random gruesome facts. facts. Yeah. Like the was it peanut oil? Yes, <laughs> yes. turning the bugs into peanut oil. And then I when he's joking with Angela, and he's like, "There was these uh, people who man who dug up graves in Pikeville, Tennessee, and the bodies their weren't bodies there. were there." You know what? I legit tried to Google that. Um, Did I, you find anything? Mm, not really. But he lied. <laughs> but it was cute how he made Angela smile. Very cute. Yeah. Other than that, that was my thoughts. But I did have a little gripe. I was like, come on. Hmm. Like, Angela and Bones, like, they're not wearing gloves. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. it. They're not really touching anything. But they did, like, hold the tray. And they gave it one to the other. And it looked like their hand, like their thumbs were kind of inside of the tray. So I was like, I still mm. feel like you probably should have worn gloves. I mean, Bones kind of harps on Booth to not lean on the examining table later. I'm assuming it's because, you know, he doesn't have gloves on. Right. she leans on the tables when she has gloves on. So mm. I'm just like, to wear gloves or not to wear gloves? Right. To wear gloves. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough <laughs> to maintain, like, perfect um, lab etiquette throughout yes. a a 12 season tv show but come on man it's only 13 episodes in yes wear your gloves yo wear your gloves <laughs> yeah so oh god i hope like me adjusting in my chair doesn't fully come out through this audio i'm pretty sure everything all me moving is gonna come out through so i'm so sorry y'all <laughs> we we'll figure it out we apologize a thousand apologies yeah um, oh, also, so um, in this scene, we kind of see more as time goes on. And I feel like I'll beat this like a dead horse as the series yeah. goes on. But Bones does not have consistency with when or how she respects people's religions. Like sometimes she's very fervent yeah. and dedicated, you know, like in this episode where she's like, we're going to make sure she gets a proper burial. She was clearly a religious person. But then in others, she's just extremely condescending. Yep. You know? I agree. It's like very, I, um, I, like I appreciate mm. how she is in this episode, but I wish later on 
She'd be they more show consistent. that same consideration. Yeah, especially with Booth, you know? For sure. Like, but it's kind of interesting because she's more considerate in this one and he's more hard ass. I feel like it's a yeah. lot playing good cop, bad cop. Oh, that's that. If I could give like a nickname to this episode, it's good cop, bad cop. That's all I felt this whole episode. I was like, who even are y'all? Yeah, that they really leaned into that. And you, and again, we're not even at the scene yet, but I just. You know what? I'm not even going to comment on it. I'm not we'll, even going to we'll comment there until we get, we get there. Because we'll I have so many words. There. Did you have any more thoughts at the lab, though? No, 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 no. All right. Then we'll talk about when we get to... Yeah, so it? Booth is leader. Um, le- meeting with Miguel Vieda, the leader of the Vengaza Roja gang in at the FBI, to ask him about the shooting. Uh, pew, Booth, pew, pew. <laughs> Booth says that this guy's name came up. And Vieda tells booth that um the mara muerte ordered the drive-by as a distraction and okay booth the shock on his face that he could never even consider this possibility like you're a <laughs> dude seasoned, i was thinking this you're a seasoned thing. law enforcement officer and in the you, fbi like, and you have no clue what yo dude that's literally what my thoughts was i'm like how how is it that booth is receiving tips hello i'm like dude the close-ups are real too i was <laughs> like huh oh yeah what and they made miguel here look like super oh cool God, and booth looks so dumb are going off like crazy right now what's happening my notifications are all like going off in my ear i was trying to turn them off <laughs> stop being so popular it's annoying but what were you saying booth what i said um i said they made miguel seem like super cool in this yeah. episode in this in this scene obviously where i was just don't like don't you love all these accents going okay booth's accent the fuck sometimes you know what it's very <laughs> it's very cringy and a it's lot of people cringy will do it like to try to get on the same level as the person they're interviewing like, eh, but it just eh, sounds very it, like the hell coming out of his mouth incredibly i was like First of all, close-ups are real. Boots accent, and now Boot don't know crap. Like, huh? Mm-hmm. It reminds me. What of even the, is this? It reminds scene? me of the episode, "The Man in the Wall," when he was, was talking to that. DJ Rules, and he was like, "And she took your rank," and I was like, "Oh no, Boot, don't." You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm saying? She took your rank. No, don't do so it. So now he's like, he's basically here, like you know, essay. Basically, <laughs> like, bro, what? I don't know. Stop. A for effort, though. I mean, um, I will notice it depending on, uh, an, like, an officer talking to somebody trying to sound relatable. But you mm-hmm. need to maintain that throughout the conversation and not just throw it unnaturally at certain parts, you it know? It feels insulting. It does. Instead. Like, it's more Like, instead of coming off... Yes, and I get you're trying to come off as intimidating and getting on their level, but it feels incredibly insulting. Yeah, like for example, if it, in, from my understanding, like if I'll hear an officer or somebody talking or trying to get on the level to, and it's usually the only time they're usually doing that, it's to try to create like a camaraderie, like to establish, establish some kind of a bond. 
Yeah. You know, like if they're talking to a guy, they may use more um, familial language, like calling them brother or something like, come on, brother, like, like, hear me out. I'm just trying to hang. I'm just trying to help you kind of things like that. Yeah. But in a con like granted, there are a million different types of cops out there and a lot of them are jerks. But um, I just don't understand how they're writing Booth to be. He just doesn't have a consistency in regards... I mean, he has a consistency. It's just not an effective consistency. Yeah. It's like you could tell what kind of guy he is in general. It's just the way how they're trying to make his character react to things is not very consistent. Yeah. Like some It's kind of like our thoughts with like Bones and the whole religion thing. Mm -hmm. Again, inconsistent. And this is why you really, really... And granted, I don't know if it's like this with other shows where you just, I mean, you usually have a bunch of different writers on. But here in these episodes, you can really feel the difference in writers because the the characters will have more intense or less intense reactions to things, which For makes sure. it feel a little uneven. Yes. You know? I feel like, I don't know if we just are just now noticing it because we've started our podcast and we're really we're trying to We're analyzing it. Yes, but it's like my stomach's growling. Mm-hmm. Poor tummy. My stomach's growling. <laughs> I think it might be going through the the microphone. I'm sorry, tummy. I'll get to you later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was just like, yeah, because are they're... we just now noticing this, or um, has this always been happening? Or is there any consistency later that we notice? Like, well, I'm so curious. For me, now. it's like uh, an understanding of the way um, of the criminal justice system that gives me a different perspective. There are True. still a lot of parts of Booth that I really love. Mm. Um, that I feel like it was kind of. Uh, ignorant to these really irritating parts of him because obviously mm-hmm. I'm watching this show when I'm younger but now that I'm watching yeah. it when I'm older I'm like good grief Booth get some therapy right I I know for sure like as we watch within like go on and more of the seasons and stuff I know the one Bones is the one I really feel like they could have been more solid with her she's the one that really feels like they really change her the most yeah. and I'm like at this uh, at this point in the series, uh, Bones is pretty consistent except for religion. Religion, but in other ways, her personality is pretty consistent. Um, yes. With Booth, I would say his personality is pretty consistent except for his reactions to certain crimes and his passion to solving each of the crimes. Yeah, so sometimes based on how he approaches suspects, that's where it gets a little hazy as to how yes. he acts. Mm-hmm. But, but his yeah. investigation style feels pretty consistent. Oh, yeah. And what was it? His interrogation style? Is it still the same? Yes. <laughs> and he doesn't... His only tactic he uses to me when he's trying to when he's investigating interrogating or just interviewing is Mm. like threatening or um statements statements a little bit of blackmail it feels like um he he never he never switches it up where he tries to be like a good cop and in um 
get on their side to get them to confess, you know, because that is a common tactic. That's doing that. Yeah, it's usually Bones. So I guess that's their dynamic is Bones is always good cop and Booth is bad cop. But I would I like to see a little bit more variety in how they um, interrogate or interview people. Yeah. I feel it, though. Mm-hmm. I feel it. All righty. So Next scene. We're, we we're going to go back to the lab. <laughs> back to the lab. So um, Booth comes to the lab. And we learned that the victim was pregnant when she died. Mm-hmm. Hodgins yep. find, found LaRocco blood. Wow, bloods. Buds. <laughs> LaRocco <laughs> buds, meaning that she was buried in a vegetable garden. And a LaRocco bud is um, a common Salvadorian plant in a garden, I guess. What did he say? Fauna, I think is what he said. Yes. Says. Fauna. Yeah. Um, Booth Ooh. asks Hodgins to come in the field with Bones and Booth. Uh, yes. Hodgins is so cute in this scene. Like, when he gets he's excited so about cute. going in the field. He's always excited, and it's just so cute. Honestly, though, I really feel like Hodgins... Well, in the beginning, I was like, Hodgins is really, like, the MVP right now. Like, him and Bones, as usual, but mm-hmm. in the beginning, I'm like, look at that. Look at him with all his, like, yes, my dirt, my bugs, my everything. I know where all this stuff is from. I can tell you exactly where to go. Mm-hmm. We don't need Angela's technology to track shit down. We know exactly where it's from. Exactly. Especially in, like, I want to say the last couple of episodes, he hasn't really been utilized much. Yeah, so I think they really paid, you know, they really were like, here, let's throw Hodgins in more here. We need more Hodgins leaven in this. And I'm not mad at it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm with Booth. Is Why is everyone in that lab obsessed with wanting to get a gun? Like, it's a fun running gag. It's a cute running gag where everybody's like, do we get a gun? And Booth is like, no. And I'm, and I'm at Booth. I'm like, what the hell do you all want a gun? Like, what is it? Y'all don't even know it's how to use it. It's because Booth makes it look so fun. True. <laughs> this is true. So, so now they're so, going. Um, they're they're going, in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the way, Bones and Hodgins are talking politics and the difficulty mm-hmm. that immigrants in America face here legally and illegally. And then they arrive at the garden and Hodgins See. spots the LaRocco plant Bones finds adipocere in the soil, meaning that a body was recently dug up, and she finds another freshly dug spot with more adipocere, meaning that there's a second body. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. But, you know, like, when they were in the car, though, I was mm-hmm. just like, man, Hodgins is rant. Like, he's speaking truth, though. I like, know. Like, he's uh, speaking truth. I, I always avoid talking politics, like, with my coworkers, because I feel like it always gets very dicey. It always gets people in trouble when you try to talk politics with people. Yes. But, man, Hodgins was, like, speaking truth, and Bones was on the same page, and then, of course, you got booth who will cut it short because mm-hmm. but it's you could tell it's the show's way of hitting sensitive topics you'll yes. have you could tell with this one hodgins is the one who will bring up all you know yes the topics will start ranting which is, you know be himself usual yes. kooky self and then you have booth being like all right mm-hmm. done deal cut it out stop it but this show so right this show does not shy away from controversial topics and they don't maybe maybe they don't always handle it with the most care but or 
you know what it there the episodes are very of their time but mm-hmm. they were in my opinion they were a lot more bold in covering topics than some some different yes. tv shows and i appreciated it i appreciate the effort and it's brief the too it's not like they focus on it too much yeah it's just enough to make it known like hey yes like we acknowledge this this is real life mm-hmm. but you know it doesn't take it. over the episode, which I appreciate. It's a sprinkling in there. They'll make some statements, but it doesn't get in the way of you enjoying the show. Because when you're yes. watching a TV show, you can definitely feel when a whole episode is just so political that it's really and hard to so enjoy it. so annoying. Even if you agree with the politics, it just, it, there's a fine line between being topical and being preachy. Yes. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um... You know what I found fascinating, though, mm. is how, you know how they're, like, you know, looking in this garden. You notice how Bones is good with her job, but she has knowledge in Hodgins's job as well. Like, this episode really shows how she's, like, very, like, her specialties. She's just, kind of a jack of all trades. Yes, it's quite, it expands quite everywhere. I'm like, yeah. all right, Bones, yeah. you know how to identify dirt, too? Okay. Well, apparently Adbasir, it's like, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I was... Because look at the way she was, like, uh, handling it, too. She knew how it was, and mm-hmm. she was handling it that way. I... And then same with another scene later. She says she was trained in, you know, so it shows a lot of more that she's capable of. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. Bones, you could have been anything and everything other than an anthropologist if you wanted to be. <laughs> right. I googled Adbasir. Um, mm-hmm. and if you click on Google, wow, Google images, um, be, <laughs> if I click on Google. be cautious because the images are pretty gnarly. So that's just a warning. If you're curious about Googling Adipasir and you click on Google oh. images. So I am not clicking on Adipasir is what you're saying. Exactly. Um, but I was also oh, looking right. up pictures of the Larocco plant because I was curious. And okay. I'm not a plant person, but the leaves on the plant that they had looked a lot smaller than the leaves on the Google so wait, search. So what is Adipocere? Um, Because I got Larocco is a plant. Mm-hmm. Then what is Adipocere? Is that... It's a chemical reaction from a decomposing body with the soil. The it was soil? the white stuff. Mm-hmm. Ew. But it's worse in real life, obviously. I'll show you the pictures later. I don't want to see it now. When it's no. light outside, I'll show you the pictures. You're so gross. You're going to love it. <laughs> it's going to be great. You're terrible. <laughs> it's, it's everything and more. You're fired. You're canceled. Get out of here. Goodbye. No. <laughs> I you can't fire me. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I'm your boss. <laughs> We're going to the lab now. Go away. We're going to the lab. Okay, so at the lab, Booth tells Bones that the garden is set to be excavated, um meaning that the suspect was moving the victim's body from the garden, which is why the body was in the trunk of his car. Bones and See. Zach remove a piece of the skull revealing that the victim died of blunt force trauma, causing a subdural hematoma, and that she did not die instantly, but soon after the assault. 
The murder weapon mm-hmm. left an impression in the skull as well, meaning that they'll be able to use that to identify it. And Hodgins informs Bones and Booth that he found evidence that the body was near a pond and plant material from a rare plant, a plant that was specifically given to Senator Alan Corman as a gift. So now they got a lead. See. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my first thought was, I was like, Booth, you go walk in while they are cutting into a skull and you don't have a mask. Like eventually he covers his face. But I was like... Yeah. I mean, obviously there wasn't anything on the skull because, you know. But even so, if the they're using, it doesn't matter because if they're using a saw, um, microscopic pieces of bone are flying into the air, meaning that yes. he, breathing that in your lungs, either way, you all need to be wearing a mask. Yes. But I mean, you know, it could have also triggered another man in the fallout shelter scene. True. Which we would not be mad at. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, I was very happy with Bones for calling out Booth for his rude sarcasm in this scene. But you could tell he's just, the reason why he's being so sarcastic is because you could tell he just doesn't like to be shot at. So he's, from here on out, he's been sarcastic all the way. Yeah, but like, but yeah, but like there's, I don't know. He's just being a dick to me in this in this. He's episode. being bad cop. I told you, he's literally just being bad cop all the way because he didn't like being shot. Yeah, to me, but... he's very immature in this episode. Like, be in... pissed, but don't take it out on your coworkers like that. You know what I did like that he felt was immature is how Hodgins and Bones got excited because they're like, you know, it's maybe the senator or maybe the White House. We're going to go to the White House. I know. And they, they high five. <laughs> and he goes, you know, normal people wouldn't high five, like be that excited. Hello. I'm like, they're so cute. Don't rain on their parade. Like you actually see the actual smiles on their face. I'm like, oh. Yeah. They were adorable. So cute. I love it. They were definitely I loved adorable. it a lot. They yeah. were so cute. And then he's like, I call shotgun. Yes, yes. Um, I also, like I, like I said, I like, I like how we get a lot more of Hodgins. I've missed him. Um, I love Hodgins. The senator being given the flower as a gift reminded me of how much I don't want a flower as a gift. What made you, what? Like the fact that it just like, casually made you think of well that? because they said that he got this specific flower as a gift yeah and I was but like I love do how not in debt you thought I was like don't ever give me flowers as a gift yeah I was like no I don't want I a like gift. I like flowers I just don't have a green thumb so I'd kill them well it's like an accident it's like you know what I care about you so I got you this gift of responsibility here you go. <laughs> It's Anything like, like a lady would like, like flowers and chocolate, you're just like, nope. No. Give me a steak and your loving and we good. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> tell, me, you tell me on the surface you, that doesn't sound weird. Like, here's a gift, but you have to make sure it doesn't die. All you want is TLC and steak. Yeah. Give me no responsibility as a gift. <laughs> Like I just the only responsibility you'll take is to eat that meat. It'll be fine. Not that way. Eat the steak. <laughs> Stop yourself. <laughs> I was thinking it, but you said it. Well, <laughs> you nasty, Tiffany. You nasty. I feel it though. That, 
That's what it was. It was white chicks. Brittany, you said it. You were said it. You were thinking it. (laughs) I love that movie. We always make white chicks jokes on this podcast. We make references to a lot of different things. We really do, but we do make a lot of white chicks. We're like, dear Mr. Royal Hampton. Yes, that's because, like, there was, there was, like, um... I want to say like six months in high school where we watched White Chicks at All least every other week. We just really love that movie. <laughs> we watched White Chicks a lot and we watched Insidious a lot. I don't know why we watched Insidious so just much. Just because when we were getting with a group of friends, they were like, let's watch a scary oh, yeah. movie. And All they wanted to watch is a scary movie. Yep. I feel like that I or Paranormal. Paranormal, paranormal Activity. activity? Mm-hmm. That was so stupid. Yeah. So those yeah, are those are our wired into our heads. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyways, we're in the car with Hodgins, mm-hmm. Booth, and Bones, and yeah. Hodgins is cranky because he didn't get shotgun. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they're they're discussing what they find relaxing, and Hodgins yes. brings up how Senator Corman is a supporter of business leaders in Central America. So he says that means that he supports repressive regimes and the use of death squads to silence the opposition. Um, mm-hmm. This links, however, the senator to El Salvador. The senator mm-hmm. and his wife, um, they, the gang gets there and they meet with the senator and his wife. And they inform them that they don't recognize the suspect, but they employ a lot of people, including many Salvadorians. Hodgins goes to investigate the pond, while Booth Mm -hmm. and Bones speak to the senator's son, Logan, and Hector, the hiring manager. Uh, The Mm -hmm. hiring manager doesn't recognize the guy either, but Logan recognizes him as Jose Vargas and says that he's not in a gang, but that he's like a good old family man. Um, And while they're talking... Uh, Hodgins helps them find the second body and it's buried out by the pond. Yeah. So what were your thoughts here? Going back to the car, you know how they talked about like what um, they find relaxing? Booth says he restores vintage cars. When the hell do we ever see that? I have that same thought. I was like, I do not recall you sir doing that if anything you know what i know you find relaxing sir is you like to wear your beer hat in the hot sit tub in the tub wa- in your little tub book. Reading, reading your comic book like there ain't no way mm-hmm. i do not see that yeah don't set up character uh, traits you don't plan on following through with see Absolutely. what do you find relaxing me yeah A lot of different things, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what's the first thing that came to your mind? Uh. Mine was sleeping. So you find and then sleeping I thought relaxing? of food. And then I thought of, like, Clone Hero, which is basically Guitar Hero, but on the computer. Mm. And then I thought of Shiny. Because Shawo for life. Mm-hmm. Forever and ever. And of ever. course, of course. Um, I guess I find like arts and crafts relaxing. I find yes, fountain you love to crochet. Fountain pens relaxing. Crocheting yes. relaxing. 
Yes. Grandma things relaxing. (laughs) But you don't like cross-stitching. You know, I think I would give it another try. I did. um, My mom wanted me to take it up because I was struggling for a while with being stressed out. And so my mom was like, here, take a break from the TV and work on your baby blanket that I started cross-stitching for you. And I was so pissed. I was so angry. I hated it. (laughs) And I never wanted to do it. And now I'm like, you know what? I think I would might give it a try again. I think. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. I've considered doing it again, but I think I want to do it on clothes. I have an idea how I would do it. Oh. Like, I'll take a simple design that I like, and I'll probably, instead of putting it on the sheet that's given, I'll put it on, like, a t-shirt or something. Oh, I think that's, that'll be dope. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do it on TikTok, and I realize, wow, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I think of that? That's Mm -hmm. a very common thing humans do, basically. Yep. (laughs) Shut your mouth. Oh, my God. Stop that. Death. Death. Stop it. Hello, death. Enough. Hello, death. This is death. (laughs) (laughs) um and um you know i also thought is so when you know we're at the senator's place Mm -hmm. and um we meet hector and logan i was like oh you know how nice but then when you know bones goes to dig up you know the little garden area to find the other body i think it's nice that bones speaks to hector in spanish but i'm like he he speaks English and understands English, and that's your only time that you speak Spanish to him mm-hmm. every other time you talk to him. I'm like, are y'all just trying to make this scene very dramatic? Is that why? Because, like, I mean, you also made it, like, perfectly, like, movie magic. The first piece she finds of the body is the skull. So, so the placement. So, granted... um. I'm not a native Spanish speaker, so I I don't think I would really know whether or not a lot of people would find this weird. But at least to my perspective or my experience, people who where Spanish is their first language, they will feel more yeah. comfortable speaking in Spanish because they know more words to describe what they're thinking or what they want to say and vice yeah, versa. Sure. So I know that sometimes people who Spanish is their first language, they'll appreciate if someone speaks to them in Spanish. I just figured that when they would see each other again, she would keep doing it, though. But she right. didn't. I think... So I was kind of like, huh, why yeah. only that scene? Why not other scenes? Why don't you keep speaking to him in Spanish then? Yeah, it just seems like they kind of flecked it in there at different times to show that, yeah, Bones is native. I mean, not native. Bones is fluent in Spanish, but I feel like Maybe they could have been more strategic with when they used that. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It just it felt weird, you know. Like I like how they make Bones a very interesting, um, worldly, um, kind of compassionate character to a lot of different groups of people. But sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like they're being a little too showy. Where I'm just kind of like, okay, maybe tone it down a little bit. Yeah. You know, and this was one of those where I was like, mm. you made me think of a scene. I think it was it was an angel and David Boreanaz was speaking Korean. Dude, and I, was like, I forgot about what? that. I was like, what in the movie magic is this? <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? I was like, let me hop back on my Duolingo and get my stuff together. 
I'm almost at 365 days. I'm Get at 336. Out. I'm almost there. Killing it. Killing it. it. I gotta get back on. But anyways, but anyways, did you have any more thoughts about Senator Corman's area, like uh, his house, his wife? I thought it was weird whatever. that they were like, we employ like twenty people. We don't remember all their faces. I was like, twenty people is not a lot of people. Yeah, sounds like they're just slaves to them. So I'm like, bro. Yeah, you know they're like they're like your typical white savior kind of people where they're like, oh yeah, we 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 employ them, we care about them, but not enough to remember their faces. Yes, not and enough they to remember make their that names. Clear later for sure too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like they made it very clear, they don't know any of them. Yes, only Hector, and Hector knows everyone. So I do. Also, what I did like, though, when it came to situations, I noticed how Booth was very, he knew how to deal with it when it came to, like, government officials. Like, yes. you know, for instance, like, world. even when the senator was like, you didn't answer my question. And Booth is like, you know, this is not, this is an investigation. Yeah. You know, like, it's not his place to disclose that information to him. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, I was like, yeah, Booth, I'll take that hard ass. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do that. Do that. Do that. <laughs> exactly. You're just laughing at hard ass. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even surprised with how well you know the way my brain works. <laughs> We're not even in the same room and I know how your brain works. Yeah. You just, you know what I'm thinking. It, yes. it, it'd be like that. You silly. You silly, silly. Um... So, in the next scene, we take the body back to the lab, and they believe that it's a 60-year-old Hispanic man who died of a gunshot wound to the hip. Uh, Dr. Goodman reconnects the rosary, and we learn that the female victim is from a village in El Salvador called Milagro de la Paz. Angela brings the sketch of the woman in as well, so we get to see what she looks like. I did have a thought where, um, (laughs) one of my thoughts was first is, um, did we totally miss two things? One was when they went to the apartment. No, that happens after this. That happens after this? Mm -hmm. That's probably why I put it here on accident. But, Basically, the only thought I had on this was I was like, okay, Angela, you bring the sketch to Bones. And it's interesting because sometimes Bones is able to tell when people look related based on, you know, their mm-hmm. skulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, she did not. No, she did not. The, but okay. Um, <laughs> she did not recognize the cranial plates in this episode. <laughs> But she usually does. <laughs> or, like, huh? Like, from the back of their head, she could tell. But <laughs> this one from a SUV. drawing, she can't tell. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love you, Bones. What the hell? Yeah, she could not tell that they were related. Um, that was to my the, only to the suspect. Um, yeah. <laughs> but after this scene, uh, Bones and Booth go to Jose's home, and uh, they're let in by the landlord, and yes. they find his wife, who I don't know if they ever say her name, but they credit her as being named Rosa. Um, and yeah. she's hiding behind a wall. And um, I hate Booth here. This scene me infuriates too. me. 
Incredibly. It's so irritating. (laughs) Oh my god. So So basically, Booth plays the asshole cop where he's yelling at Rosa saying things like, do you want to go back to your country? Um, we'll, t- your, we'll take your baby away from you if you don't tell us where Jose is. And Bones is like, dude, like, lean back. Chill out, bro. Like, what You're the hell? You're scaring her. And, and he's th- like, well, they need to know. You know, and this is... I'm just trying to get some information. And this is another one of those scenes where I'm like, Booth, you are an idiot as a cop here because in what world is this person who doesn't even speak english gonna tell bones where her husband is when you're threatening her and being absolutely mean to her like i get it that they're trying to prove a point that like you know cops do do this especially to you know people in this type of situation yeah yeah. however this is totally out of boots character yeah so it's like i get what you were trying to do but this is why sometimes i was like yeah booth kind of needs an actual cop partner yes to kind of balance it out a little bit and then they realized it way later mm-hmm. but for now i'm like this isn't booth that's not yeah booth's character i think that's why it is so irritating because he can seem very compassionate in other scenarios and but how are you going to be so condescending in a situation like this especially to a mother and child like that's not like booth at all You know, uh, and it's like I can see in certain ways where a tactic of being aggressive like that with somebody you're interviewing, I could understand that to a certain degree. But in this scenario, I'm not even thinking of it as being rude or being a jerk. I'm thinking as like, you are dumb. You are not going to get any information from this lady. And you're being an asshole. Yeah. Like yes. you're being an you're being um, an inefficient law enforcement officer as well as being a human jerk. Yes, like there's Incredibly no reason. Consider in that moment, like what the hell? My other thought is, can they walk in like that with the landlord's permission? Um, check. It depends on the lease. So I know on a certain on certain uh, apartment leases, they may say that they um, have permission to enter the residence under certain circumstances so i think it ultimately depends on what the lease says if they um don't have a warrant to get in which clearly they didn't um then they would need to get like somebody like the landlord to let them in but i thought they would have at least knocked (laughs) yeah like, be like, hey, we're coming in. You know, the authorities are here. Well, it makes Enough. sense to not even, I guess, not even bother with it under the circumstances, knowing that they're illegal immigrants, that they probably I aren't going to so. be likely to answer the door to law enforcement. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a weird scenario. It's very strange, but, you know, we'll, we'll roll with it. We'll, like we'll roll. So... From that weirdly out-of-character good cop, bad cop routine. For sure. Bones, Zach, Hodgins, and Angela are looking at the bodies in the lab. 
and Zach mm-hmm. finds a sternal foramen or a hole in the sternum that is on both bodies, meaning that they're more they're most likely related. Uh, without Booth there, the gang tries to posit scenarios that best describe what happened. They glean that Jose was taking the female body to be buried where the vic- male victim was buried, um, was found. And we also learned that the father died uh, at least six months before the daughter died, but he died from cancer, not from gunshot wounds. Hmm. So, uh, this scene makes up for my hatred in the previous one with Hodgins Booth impersonation being so freaking spot on. So funny. Like, what was it? He took something out of his pocket quickly because he was like, Ooh, let me be Booth. Let me be Booth. He quickly took out something to mimic the gambling chip. Yes. And he was just, when he imitated him, and you have Angela just straight cheesing. I was like, this chemistry, I live for this, yo. I <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a great scene. And I love how Bones was just like very loose, like, okay, guys, come on, let's be booth here. Let's, let's do this. Come on, let's, let's put yes. it together. But it was just Angela and Hodgins coming up with ideas until she's like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. And then mm-hmm. she uses her brain but i was like yes but that scene is golden it is it's golden it's it's an adorable scene i also looked up a sternal foramen Mm -hmm. um so apparently it's a developmental variant um of the sternum and it results from an incomplete fusion of the of the bone when it's growing there they are common occurring in approximately 5% of the population. They are most commonly found in the inferior aspect of the sternal body. So, some interesting bone information there. Interesting how, you you know, it doesn't cause any problems. You just Mm -mm. happen to have like a little hole Mm -hmm. in your sternum. It just did not completely fuse. And it just chills. Mm-hmm. But you're alive. But you're alive. So strange. But you got a little hole in your chest. <laughs> like you had a bullet wound, but you you were born with it. I What I found interesting is them as anthropologists, how they didn't see it as, uh, how they thought it was a, bu- a bullet wound. But don't they always look at the markings and wouldn't they be able to see like a pattern, a ballistic pattern, if it was a bullet wound that they recognized? Well, it's funny because with... With the dad, like the old man, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting on how the only reason they indicated a bullet wound is because they found the bullet. But for some reason, it took them so long to find out, oh, he didn't die from being shot, but died from cancer. And I'm like, how did you guys just now realize that? That would have been one of your first things the right, moment you it's recognized all, there was a bullet. It's all on the bone. Yes, you would have started out with that the moment you realized there was a bullet. Mm-hmm. You would have focused on that. Yeah. It's, but, it's man, weird. that sucks, though. You die from cancer. Right. Like, you don't die from being shot, but you die from cancer. Like, yikes, bro. Yeah, that one was a Cancer's bummer. Cancer's a bitch. Cancer is a bitch. Ugh. Come on, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. Cure that cancer, yo. Mm-hmm. Find that cure. I don't understand. I have a lot of questions for science and the government. But you know, you can cure COVID, just not so cancer. What? Yeah, we can we can talk to each other's faces from miles away, 
but we've only <laughs> been to the moon once, and we still we still don't even have a cure for the common cold. The common cold. Tell me yeah. about that one. We don't have a cure for stupidity tin, either. Tin foil hat goes on the head. Where's what are that stupidity? What are we going to do with all the stupidity? I don't know. But Booth and like Bones, they, they, uh, well, Bones <laughs> sees Booth at his office. Yes. And we learn that Jose's wife lawyered up. Uh, Dope. As, as she should. <laughs> um, yeah. Booth said, <clears throat> Booth said that he's Don't having, me. <laughs> he's having the leader of the Mara Muerte gang um, meet up at his place. Roberto Ortez. I'm practicing my Spanish pronunciation, so try not to cringe. I'm so uh, proud of you. They bring Jose in for um, basically saying that they're going to trade Ortez's sister's possession charges to be dropped. So that In exchange way... to bring in Jose. Exactly. And my thing is, is I was like, and it was funny because Bones even asks him, can you do that? And he goes, well, I'm federal. And her situation is state. But, you know, good thing the sister did some bad stuff. And yeah. I was like, okay, so that doesn't answer the question, Booth. The heck? I don't know. They make him seem kind of shady here. Like, granted, you, yeah. can make, you can make deals, um, like plea deals or different things like that. But you see a but lot of booth, like... like, agreeing to make charges go away for people. I'm like, yo. I'm like, and then you see at the end of that is you see, like, uh, Jose being thrown out of a vehicle. And I'm like, bro, Jose just can't catch a break. Mm -hmm. I feel so bad for this man. Yeah. But in this, in the scene, um, so Booth says they could have gotten a lot more information if Bones had not gone all mushy on him. But like I said, to be honest, if he would have let Bones do it her way, they probably would have gotten more information. Because Are you the talking fact about in the hospital? Um when uh Mushy no, with uh, who? No, not the hospital yet. They're not the hospital yet. Whoa, this is who you mean mushy with who? Mushy with this with the wife. Oh, you said him. That's why I got confused. Sorry. Um, if Bones hadn't got all mushy with, uh, with the wife, because the yeah. fact that Bones actually speaks Spanish is an advantage here, that they could have used that to um, make the wife feel more safe and comfortable and create more of a bond with Bones to maybe she would have been more willing to give more information. But like Booth, yeah. like like we said before, Booth is weirdly emotional with these different cases um particularly this one so just like like i said from a logical standpoint bones knowing spanish was a real advantage that booth um failed to utilize he was just trying to get quick to the point and play bad cop mm -hmm. that's all i could think of because i'm like this is so out of booth's character Mm -hmm. so like you like <laughs> one of my thoughts was uh what one was that you remember the one with um paul butcher in it um he's like the oh, boy in a know. bush yes yeah, so i'm just like look at that like he's being considered to the kid you know having even though there's a consideration they were considering that this kid could be the one who's the could murderer. Be a murderer 
like and he's talking all cool with him yeah. and then he even lets bones talk to him and lets him talk to him mm-hmm. to soften it up but in this situation you literally have a vulnerable wife with a child doesn't know english mm-hmm. she's terrified she was hiding behind a wall and you are threatening her to be deported yeah hello so mm-hmm. i was like this is so out of boots character yes Yes, I'm with you. That's like the biggest hill we're going to die on is that uh, Booth's attitude and demeanor and um, work ethic in this episode is called into question. Yes. So we're at the next scene because, you know, Jose got thrown out of a vehicle. You could see he's totally. Yeah. So now he's in the hospital. (laughs) He's all beaten up. He can't catch a break. Again, he says he's not a gang member. He says he's a gardener. Um, and then from looking at his x-rays, Bones sees that he's related to the victims because he has the same genetic mutation on his sternum. So, Jose won't say anything else besides the, just the mere fact that, um, their last name is Duarte, and that his sister's name was Maria, and his father's name was Augustine. Um, and that's all the information he's willing to give. And this is another And again, we get Booth being like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Yes, incredibly. Like, it's like, what the fuck, Booth? Mm-hmm. Come on, you're literally threatening the man to deport him and his wife, but you're going to keep his child. And he even tells you, that's my only kid, bro. And he's like, do you even have kids? And Booth's like, no. And Bones is like, yes, you do. Like, you think the he would fuck? see at this point that his um his tactic isn't working and he needs to try yes. a different one. It's like they're really trying to push, like, his cop mentality to be more of, like, you know, what stereotypes of what bad cops would be, especially when they're dealing with immigration yes, situations. They, they, really want, they really want to push it on there. The only thing is it's hard when you're trying to demonstrate that when that's not Booth's character. Mm-hmm. You, you, um... You do see Booth being a bit prejudiced as the series goes on, but in this episode, it appears that the... the It's like he doesn't like any type of... The storyline... Salvadorians at all. I think the storyline that he's pushing here is probably, well, at least maybe what the intent was, is Booth's distaste for uh, gangs and gang life and association illegal immigrants apparently too the combination and association of gangs and illegal immigration which is i mean for law enforcement that is something that they face every day they do face that population and um sure can't a lot of them can't understand why people would choose that life or choose to to do those things because they haven't been put in those life scenarios. They're only looking at it from their perspective, from growing up here and in their mm-hmm. families. And um, it's hard for them to, to imagine why somebody would choose this life. And I think that's the anger that you're seeing represented, but it is an anger yeah. that's rooted in a lot of ignorance. For sure. I completely agree. Yeah. It sucks, but I get what they were doing. Yeah, which I think it's good to be able to highlight these things. Um, and I do like the balance of Bones calling him Playing out about good it. Cop, for like sure. they don't putting him in his place type of thing. Like you're not getting yeah. any answers, Booth. You're not being effective. Like you're not mm-hmm. being efficient at all. I do like that they don't sign off on his behavior. 
Yes, and, I agree. In um, his treatment of the people. So, so it's tough when you're watching this because Booth, to a lot of us, is a beloved character. And like many characters on TV, if you look at them on paper, they're deeply flawed and probably not a great person. But I do enjoy the challenge that they give you of like, okay, you really like this character, but remember, this character is supposed to be human. So they're going to do things you don't like. They're going to have yeah. prejudices and issues. Um, and hopefully they work to overcome them and have character growth, which is why we will love the character, you know? So I do appreciate them not making Booth the squeaky clean, perfect person. Yes. So you it's know. like, you know, so this, we could see... Yeah, so this episode... He could have been fired so many times. (laughs) This episode reminds me of the way it could be political in the same way as the man in the SUV. But I think I like the way this episode is handled better because in the man in the SUV, the ignorance um isn't the guy who uh directed or wrote it was is the one who's the same one on here isn't he or what oh no 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 it's the fridge and the man in the bear just kidding just kidding um the guy the people who directed and wrote the um the man in the suv was alan croker and stephen nathan was the writer um i think the difference was in that episode their their prejudice and ignorance they didn't grow for it, grow from it, or see why their logic was wrong. But in yeah. this episode, they do actively highlight that Booth is being a turd. <laughs> yes, because the other one, it felt very insensitive, especially mm-hmm. on how soon they had made that topic, considering mm-hmm. it was not too long after 9-11. Mm-hmm. So it was like, come on, guys, what the heck? Yeah, but in this episode, you do, you can see Booth's point and Booth's feelings and his perspective and where he's coming from. But they keep checking uh, him. Isolated so in this episode, where it's like, yeah, the yeah. gang-related It's not, it's not the big focus tough. overall, you know? Yes. We're not too busy being angry at the El Salvadorians and their gangs and the entire does, time, you know. He does seem to grow. Well, you know what? I don't even know if I could necessarily say he seems to grow from it at the end. No, he doesn't. Mm-mm. Because he's not at he the doesn't. funeral. He stays the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the rough part. I would have liked to see some growth in this episode. Yeah, it, it'd be like that. But, but um, the next scene, we're in the interrogation room. Yes. With Ortez. <laughs> Roberto. Mm-hmm. Ortez. Bones and Booth meet with him. and He's he, the gang leader. Yes. He is the leader of the Mara Morte. So he mm-hmm. affirms that Jose was moving Maria and Augustine to a new burial site. And he admitted that they did the drive-by um, to allow Jose to escape. And... Yep. He doesn't know who murdered Maria, though. Yeah, he doesn't know. Mm-mm. And then when he leaves, he walks towards the elevator. Um, he did tell Booth that if he does find out who does who did it, he would kill him for him because he likes Booth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all Interesting. Then. <laughs> and then at the elevator, like, there's this, you know, intimidation thing between Ortez and Bones. And Bones is like, you think you're hot shit, but I don't care. Well, it's because of the comment he made. He said, uh, what was he said? He said, um, do you want an Adoran Salvadoran? 
Like he could mm-hmm. be that for her. Basically, he's saying that he could be the man in her life. Mm-hmm. And he was he basically just full on offended her. Yeah. And that's why she walks out. Yep. So when they're at the elevator, she kicks his ass. Yes. Because Mans grabs her arm because he's like, bitch, move out of the way. And she's like, you touching me? You think you can touch me? And you got Booth again like, oh, you shouldn't do that. So so granted, this guy is very irritating, and Bones is, I very much identify with Bones with wanting to knock people off their high horse. Um, mm-hmm. But this is this is um, just another one of those episodes where Bones is just assaulting people, you know? Yeah, you sh- especially like, if it's a gang leader, you really think you so want like, to mess with him? In this scenario, yes, he does put a hand on her, but at the elevator... She's egging him on and pushing his yeah. his um his pride because he's asking her to get out of the way and she's looking at him like make me make me make me and she's not moving and so when he touches like, her arm she KOs the guy you and know it's like bones he literally asked you to move you just didn't want to because you wanted to be an ass you wanted to assert your dominance over him yes you know and it's like this... all he's doing is asking you to move he asked you to push the button you didn't want to so he mm-hmm. asks you to move and you don't want to and grant him him touching her is not right um right so that's not excused but bones is also not very intelligent here because she's literally asking him to push her yeah. Like, she's literally saying, I dare you. Push me. I'll kick your ass. Pretty much. Which, granted, she does. But again, she what just... What does it call it? It's two wrongs don't make a right, basically? Yes. Yes. That's how I see it in this in this yeah. scene. We got and all Booth the cliches calls in here. Her... The good cop, bad cop, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> and Booth kind of calls her out oh, on this. Um, and Angela calls her out on this in the next too, scene. Yeah, she does. Because in she comes office. into the office and Bones is in and there Bones and she's furious. That she got in a fight. She's like, what the hell, honey? You mm-hmm. know that man is, you know, he's the leader of a gang. That's dangerous. Yes. Like, you need to go to therapy. What the hell's wrong with yes. you? Yes. And she tells, and so then Bones tells Angela of a time where she was attempting to recover human remains and was kidnapped, tossed into a cell, and beaten. She was for the seven days. No, for three days. Three days, but it felt like seven days. Yes. And so she swore revenge that basically if and if anybody would come at her like that, she'd, she'd let him have it. And I'm with, the, like, Angela added again with this great advice being a great friend. Like, I'm 100% with her. Just because you can hold your own doesn't mean you should put yourself in situations where you have to. You what know? made me laugh is after Bones had said... You know, she said her whole Horrific traumatic experience. experience. And then she goes, but I don't need therapy. And as she said that, I was literally saying, oh, honey, you need major therapy. That was you like need some serious therapy. That was like one of the best comedic lines that was not intended to be comedic. Where she's, where she's just like, like but the, yeah, like I just I don't need therapy. I though. had a bag thrown over my head. I was thrown into a cell and beaten every day. Made it feel like I was going to die. It felt like a week, but I, that doesn't mean I need therapy. <laughs> like what, <laughs> Nani? Girl, Hello. what is you doing? Come on now. The fact that you can acknowledge all that and you still don't want to go to therapy. 
We're yeah. out of here. Honey. Get, some, get some therapy. You need it. Get some, like you, get, you get got us help. tripping out here with trying to keep our mental health together. And you trying to tell us that you go through that and you don't need therapy? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Whatever, Bones. Exactly. Whatever. <laughs> so, so Bones and Booth go back and they meet with the senator and his wife and Hector. And Hector reveals yep. that... Um, Maria, oh, sorry, Hodgins comes in to inform that the murder weapon was a piece of expensive furniture, which leads... Yeah, that's when he was like, I'm sorry, was this a lady moment? Yeah, <laughs> where he totally butts in. But that's yeah. where it leads Bones and Booth to meet with the senator, his wife, and Hector. And Hector reveals that Maria was a maid at the house and has a relation and has a, had a relationship with their son, Logan. This is where all the tea comes out, mm-hmm. you know? So Bones and Booth go and talk to Logan, and they let him know that Maria is dead. And while talking, Bones looks at the bedpost on his bed and finds dried blood and skin. And at the interrogation room, Logan explains that they met while they were working. He fell in love with while her. While she was working, not him. She was the one working. He well, just lives technically there. he's working. He's going to school for landscaping and stuff, so... I guess. Technically, he works there, but you're right, you're right. She's working. She's the maid. She's, <laughs> she's cleaning dead. his room or whatever. They fall in love. They're, they've dated for about six months. Um, and then at the interrogation room, they tell him that Maria was pregnant, and this boy is heartbroken about yes. it. Yes. And then, what was it? His lawyer's like, you don't even know it's yours. He goes, of course, it's mine. I know. Like, oh, I wanted to punch that attorney. But this part, it's, this part was just so... Booth was putting that attorney, like, in his place, too. Like... <laughs> yeah. Like, this part, you... this part is sad. Like, the whole Logan-Maria storyline is really unfortunate and sad. When I think Maria, I always think... West Side Tony Story. Tony and Maria. I'm like, Tony and Maria. Not Logan, we're Tony and Maria. Tony and Maria. West Side Story vibes. Mm-hmm. The only difference is it's not Tony who dies, it's Maria. Oh, no. It's a bummer. But it is. But Hector's... my only thought was, like, gross. This blood and skin. Like, imagine that on top of your bedpost. You just don't know and it's there. That's gross. Been there for a bit, too. Yes, that's pretty gross. Yeah, but... Um, when you see Hector's face and mannerisms in this scene, they just make him look so suspicious. Well, that's the whole reason on why they figure out from the beginning, like, Hector, you know something about mm-hmm. Maria. Because he said, it was the way he said something. The and way Booth his face and was Bones looking. Immediately, immediately caught it. And they were like, what are you hiding, Hector? And he was so easy to give because, you know, it gave me a lot of... um. The vibes from what was he in the man in the bear? It was the the sheriff. No, not sheriff. The doctor. No, the Native American. The ranger. Ranger, the ranger. Rivers. It reminded me a lot of that. The only difference is like okay, it's the same that. mentality where they were kind of beyond, trying to hold their own, you know, like mm-hmm. always trying to do their own thing. And mm-hmm. it was the same mentality. The only difference is Hector broke character and was like, uh oh. Right. And Ranger Rivers Ranger didn't able, actually kill anybody. He didn't kill anyone, but he was able to, like, hold his own. Like, yeah. They're like, because what was it? He was, um, he was pulled. Pul- he was a poacher for bear poacher. meat. Poacher. Mm-hmm. And it's illegal, isn't it? 
Yes. So he was good at lying, though, because he was just like, you know, oh, y'all didn't ask. True. You know, it's illegal. Y'all didn't ask. But with Hector, they didn't really ask. He kind of accidentally let it there and he broke. Mm-hmm. I also so. like how they continue building the narrative of the the senator and his wife being these compassionate people who care and employ immigrants, but can't seem to remember their faces, Don't can't know seem to remember their names, yep. just only know Hector, like, bruh. Yeah. So I like how they, they build that through yeah. in the episode. I agree. And then, um, what was it? When they were trying to... It was like Bone, Booth tells Bones, like, oh, you know, however Maria dies, that's up to you guys. That's mm-hmm. you Squints' job. Mm-hmm. So now you have Bones and Angela dealing, was it the Angelator? The Angelatron. The Angelatron? That was the Angelator. Oh, yes. I wrote it wrong. I wrote down Angelatron <laughs> out of habit, but yes, it's still the Angelator. It's, it's the Angelator. Mm-hmm. And they're just playing scenarios on who the suspects may be. They have, like, was it the dad the senator they have hector they logan. Have logan and they were saying like you know maria must have fallen she eventually they came to the conclusion that she's been yanked off a ladder mm-hmm. to strike the front of the bedpost with her head because it's a very tall bedpost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and every time i see that simulation because you hear bones always asking angela like do you have this the layout do you have this and she goes yep and i'm like girl you prepare right you was prepared you did your homework girl yes yeah she did good that's pretty much all my thoughts on that scene though, i really I didn't think have any dope. thoughts there but the they... details are just always dope yes they are dope so they go to the hospital and bones and booth speak to jose jose's uh father died while his wife was pregnant So he couldn't report his father's death because he wanted his son to be born an American citizen. And then right after his sister died. So, you know, he, this actor here, this scene was so freaking sad. And the guy who plays Jose is an excellent actor in like portraying grief and emotions. Like, even though he doesn't have much dialogue in this episode, he reveals so much with his facial expressions. He's very good at it. Yeah. He was he was a highlight for me, like a very good actor in this episode yes. to me. And that's where we discover the only this only thing he says really is how mm-hmm. he buried he wanted a nice place to bury them both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how like they also found out more about Jose and his life on how he didn't want to join a gang, but he had to to get papers, you know, for him, his sister, mm-hmm. so his sister could have a good life, you know. And now he's just like it sucks because. Now his dad and his sister is dead, so mm-hmm. he's like, this was all for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he tried all this, now he's stuck in a gang that he doesn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But that was that scene. It was just, you know, little heart-to-heart moment. Just, yeah, it was good. Know, and poor Jose, he just be trying, man. He's just <sighs> trying. You feel for it, because it's like... You feel it. When you feel you have you know no other options and it's not like he's doing it for fame and fortune it's like he's trying to give his family Survive. a better life mm-hmm. it's and all so, he's trying to do just live his life you know have a better one and he was working as a gardener too you know it's yeah. not like he was just out there slinging dope you know he was 
legit working trying hard, to work. Trying his best. You Again, know. going back to what Hodgins was talking about. <laughs> exactly. And I don't remember how Booth's reaction was when they were talking to Jose. If I he don't seemed, remember either. If he had understanding focused, of his face. It was a lot of focusing on Bones explaining to Jose, like, we know what happened. Right. We know you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then you get Jose's focus. I don't remember seeing much of Booth. Mm-mm. And then... That was the only thing they wanted to show is that Jose is not the one who did it. Yes. Because they eventually go back to the senator's home. Yes. And here Bones tries to recreate the scenario with first having the senator try to yank her down on the ladder. She's like, I have a degree. I have knowledge of training in kinesiology, so I'll be able to tell by the force of you pulling my hand who the killer is. So the senator does it and she's like, nope, it's not him. Then look they, at that, more talent, more yeah. talent. <laughs> then they look at Hector and they're like, Hector, do it. And Hector's like, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. Basically calling him out as him not wanting to do it because he doesn't want to be proven as the one who pulled Maria down. So he yeah. refuses, revealing himself as the one who pulled her off the ladder. And he yeah. says that he tried to get maria to have an abortion when he found out that she was pregnant um and he's like i was just doing my job so when she's up on the ladder he's trying to yank her down and she ends up falling backwards and hurting her head on the bedpost basically booth's uh scenario that he played to hector was like what was it she probably defied you Mm -hmm. because you said don't go into logan's room she Mm -hmm. went in to do her job and Hector was like, what the hell? And pulled her off, yanked her off, and she fell and hit her head. Mm -hmm. And he even says, like, he gave her $500 and sent her home because he wanted her to get some help to go to a doctor. The $500 was for her to get an an abortion. That's what he said. I thought he said $500 to get, uh, because she hurt herself. It was for the abortion. He gave her $500 first. Because he was like, he gave her $500, take care of it. And then she went into Logan's room. I don't remember it that way. At least that's I remember how I remember the other it down. I, re- I don't even really remember the abortion that well. I just remember after well, he, he pulled he her off the ladder, she was hurt. And I remember hearing him say to her, um, here's $500. He sent her home. He got her a cab, said go to a doctor, but she didn't want to because she was afraid of, you know, obviously being deported or something. And then she ended up dying not too long after because she didn't go to the doctor. I thought I remember him saying, giving her $500 to take care of it. I don't remember that well. That's what I, mean, I thought I remembered. You know, you're probably right. You we'll have, more we'll recent- have to. You watched it more recently than I did. Like, you just watched it, and I watched it a couple of days ago, so you're probably right. I don't even remember an abortion being told, but no, he might have said it. They didn't but say I don't the remember word, abortion. They didn't say the word abortion. I just got the indication from what he was saying. In my, oh, in my I, memory of it, which is probably incorrect, but the way I'm remembering it <laughs> is that he was like, oh, here's $500 to go version. take care of it, meaning her being pregnant, taking care See, of it. I thought take it. care of it was after he pulled her down because she hit her head. She was bleeding, remember? So I thought he meant take care of it, like take yeah. care of. Which I mean, you you're know, probably you right head. because you just finished watching it and I watched it a couple of days ago. 
Well, that's how I interpreted it, at least, because I don't think anyone really knew she was pregnant. No, no Hector, one really brought Hector up. knew she was pregnant. Okay, so he did know. I thought he just knew their relationship. You know, that part is, it was still pretty fuzzy. They didn't mm-hmm. make it very clear as to how much Hector knew. No. So it was a lot like we were trying to figure it out. So yeah. that's why I couldn't really remember. So IMBD, of course, tried to say that because it was a quote unquote accident that no one should have been arrested. But that's not true. And Booth proves it because he puts him in handcuffs and says you're being arrested for manslaughter. Just because the death wasn't premeditated doesn't mean that Hector still isn't responsible for it. So basically they're just trying to find someone responsible. Well, not trying to. He is responsible, you know? Like no, the whole purpose of the whole investigation. Yeah. They just wanted someone responsible. Once they pinned it on Hector, yeah. they're like, okay, because, deed is done. Because, like, there's different degrees. Like, um, like, somebody driving a car, like, drunk and hitting somebody, their intent was not to kill anybody. But they were extremely negligent, and their mm. negligence which was an accident, caused somebody's death. It's not premeditated. They didn't intend for it to happen. But they were negligent and caused somebody to die. Now, yanking somebody... Yeah. It it could be. I mean, they say manslaughter. He's not getting murder or second-degree murder um, because there was no intent to kill, you know? So manslaughter means that, you know, you were being negligent and you're gross negligence caused the death of another person that sucks you know so poor hector he was just trying to do the right thing and you if, know, and keep if them not, out of trouble he didn't want to even get himself in trouble but he got himself in trouble instead just trying to keep everyone out of trouble in general and even if even if anything he could be in trouble still for obstructing the investigation and um and not telling every thing he knew type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and lying yeah lying saying true. he didn't know her he's obstructing the investigation so he's yeah. still in the wrong in that scene too he did bring up like he really made it a point to the senator and his wife like y'all don't even know our names call them out us. he for sure did he's like y'all don't give a shit it about was satisfying us. and they looked at them they were like oh clutch my pearls <laughs> Basically. Yes, that's exactly what was clench my pearls. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the next scene, Booth is at the FBI, and uh, he learns that Ortez, the leader of the Mara Muerte, put out a hit on Bones. And then the scene flops to them at the funeral, Bones and Angela, at the funeral for Maria and Augustine. And you find out that Bones paid for their funeral. And Which is so sweet. Is adorable and so lovely. Yes. And meanwhile, because they kind of flip-flop back and forth in, in the end scene. So then, after, after cutting from that scene, they go back and Booth follows Ortez. And in the most, like, physically graphic way, <laughs> Booth... Uh, threatens him he pushes him up against the wall has his hand around his throat and sticks the barrel of his gun in ortez's mouth and basically tells him that he doesn't get to touch bones or else he is going to murder him (laughs) essentially 
well, my thought is, I'm like, I get it, but wouldn't that put make him and Bones a target with the gang? Like, not if he scared the crap out of this gang member because Booth is a cop, right? So I'm not condoning yeah. Booth's actions here, obviously, but yeah. from the perspective of the gang member, Booth is freaking crazy. Okay, and if, a cop, okay, yeah. pretty much sought him out, followed him without his knowledge because he didn't catch on that Booth was around the corner. So yeah. he had a cop sneak up on him in his territory and basically put a gun inside of his mouth. Yeah. You're like, okay, this dude is bananas. This basically dude is unpredictable. The absolute shit out of him. Yeah. So logically, yeah. Like, <laughs> it worked. You know, um, That's good. and I think oftentimes in the show, we're reminded that Booth is a sniper and Booth has done messed up stuff, but it's always him talking about it in the past tense. Like when you think about the, the woman in the car where they're driving to, um, the potential crime scene and Bones is like, how did you think of this? How were you able to think about, you know, a place where someone would be tortured? And he was like, cause I used to do this. And Bones is like, rescue people and he's like no i used to be the person people needed rescuing from so you hear that and you're kind of caught off guard but it still it's sounds like, like a past angel tense vibes thing. again it's mm -hmm. angelus but in this scene <laughs> you are faced with the dark side of booth i love when david Warianas goes dark whether it's booth <laughs> or angelus it is so fun to watch so i call this episode the emergence of dark booth <laughs> mm -hmm. but um so we go back to the funeral and then we learn yes. that jose and rosa are gonna go back to el salvador but plan to come back because you know mm -hmm. their baby is a american citizen mm -hmm. and then you know booth arrives late at the funeral and bones is like what the hell, Booth? Mm -hmm. Was it really that important? And he's like, you know, I, I thought so at the time. Mm -hmm. And my only two thoughts left was like, you know, Jose is just so noble. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to pay, he's my wants to pay Bones back episode. for everything. And Booth, Booth, I think what stays consistent with Booth is Booth loving to do things that are good, but he doesn't always tell people what it was. Him. He doesn't always tell the person what his good deed was that he did, whether it was for them or not. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of those hidden good deeds that he, I've noticed, kind of stays a little bit consistent. Yeah, that where they try he, to stay. he doesn't want to highlight his actions of protecting, taking care of, being there for yes. the people he cares about. Yes, he does that a lot, so... He, he wants to do things behind the scenes, which he definitely does, because, like, I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, hell yeah, Booth, nobody threatens your people. But then, like, on the other hand, I'm like, what the fuck, Booth? <laughs> yeah. You know? So, it's a... Uh, it's a... toss-up. It's a toss-up. Toss so, I really, like, my, um, my, uh... Words, what's the word words my sideline pedestrian like woo, 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 uh person uh, is like rooting him on you know yeah where, where i'm like oh yeah that's what you do get him tell him or 
whatever. But then, like, tell my, him who's boss. Yeah. But then, like, on the other hand, my ethical brain is like, this is um, this is some really unethical behavior. This so is not it's, right. It's a love hate relationship where I enjoy the entertainment, but then I'm also thinking of the real life scenario. Yeah. Again, it's just movie magic. You live with it. Still, still love Booth though. Oh, for sure. For still sure. love him. And, and all his glory. Other than that, it was, it's a solid episode. Good cop, bad cop, basically. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed this one a lot. Yeah, it was solid. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was a good Other one. than the fact that Booth is an ass, it was a solid episode. We got a lot of Hodgins. Yes. A lot of Hodgins and Angela chemistry really peeking through. Loving yes. that. So Booth, loving it. Booth was an ass, but it was for not for no reason. It was you for know, a reason. But they barely even showed Zach in this one, though. They, yeah. He was barely oh, in I this one. Oh, I forgot to mention the scene where Hodgins um, impersonates um, Booth. At first, Bones is like, we don't do this stuff. And then Zach is like, yeah, we only, we only, we only deal with the hard evidence. And he was just so yeah, cute yeah, yeah. that part. Uh, he just stays adorable. But yeah. yeah so Zach, not, not much Zach, so more Hodgins in this episode. But good. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. It's still out good. We'll take it. We'll take it. Was it was good stuff. Yes. And that wraps up the commentary. Mm-hmm. And now we're going on to True Crime. What you got today? True Crime. All right. So uh, the next few episodes. have a slideshow? No, no slideshow. Oh, okay. With this one. I'll just show you the pictures of the people later, but it's not. Okay. Like, if I have a ton of pictures, I feel like, like, last week I only had one picture, so it just kind of feels pointless to do a slideshow. It's so, like, fine, because then I'm just staring at their faces, and I'm like, this is kind of creepy. Yeah, so, like, if I have <laughs> more pictures that, like, work with it, you know, then I'll show you pictures. Or it also depends on if I have enough time to put pictures together, you that know? Works. Yeah. This this time I don't, but the next uh, few uh, crimes that I have are a bit more forensic-based, and by that I mean I watched some Forensic Files episodes and read some different articles. Um, <laughs> so this episode, um, let's get started. So is this a Forensic Files case? Yes, this is a Forensic <laughs> Files case. You love this Forensic is, Files this cases. This is the third episode of Forensic Files, and I can't remember the name of it. But... Season one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah, so Oklahoma City, July 1st, 1992. A 42-year-old Karen Campano has recently returned home after visiting her children in New York. Uh, she lived with her third husband, 27-year-old Chris Campano. Wait, how old is she? 42. And her husband is 27. All right, girl. Yeah. So Chris you is... You cougar that so, ass. So Chris's mother was good, oh. was good friends with Karen. And Chris's, oh. Chris's mother set Karen and Chris up. What? Your face. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, they've been married for five years, meaning that when Karen was 37 and Chris was 23, 22, 
they got married. Excuse me? Yeah, let that marinate. She was how old? 36? 36 or 37. Whatever 42 I mean, minus 5 is. <laughs> 43, 42, 1, 40, 39, 30, 38. No, 30. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. I mean, like, it's... If it's the other way around, where it was a woman who was in her early 20s marrying, mm-hmm. like, a 38-year-old man, I guess. Mm-hmm. But still, it, it falls in line where if this were, like, it's the whole maturity thing, okay? It's mm-hmm. the maturity mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, uh, Karen worked as a bill collector, and Chris is kind of a drifter, you know. Um, a drifter? But worked as, like, a construction worker. Like a drifter. Like, he didn't always have a job kind of a thing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, June 30th um, rolls around. And the... Same year? Yeah. Oh, I put okay. in the date weird. So, just ignore that date. But it's 1992, okay. Oklahoma, June 30th. The neighbors heard Karen and Chris arguing, which they've heard them arguing before. Uh, Chris ended up saying that they argued over his drug use and that Karen left after the argument to calm down while Chris went to a convenience store and then the local bar um, and came home at midnight. When Chris came home, Karen wasn't there um, and she wasn't there when he woke up. So in the morning, he calls her office to see if she showed up to work, but she didn't. So then Chris calls the police. So... Um, when the police arrive and, uh, looked around at the home, they don't really get an indication that Karen, like, ran away. All of her things are still there, you know, clothes, credit cards, you know, all that good stuff. She just happens to be missing. hmm And three days later, uh, the landlord called and, uh, cause Chris said they had a burglary, uh, a couple days later. And the landlord called the police to report the burglary and the owner of the rental property was going to come and evict the Campanos, um, but they found the house was open, the washing machine on, the dryer on, the refrigerator missing. And Chris says that the items disappeared while he was out looking for his wife. Um, he said he believed the burglars entered the home by prying the bars from the window open of a utility room. But the police found screws that held the bars together were removed from the inside and that the bars were still inside the house so he's so sus he totally did it he totally did it so chris you know mentions that the house was robbed and he agrees to have the police search the home and when they go into the master bedroom they find a trash bag by the bed and a large stain on the carpet and how this... you gonna kill your wife's best or your mom's best friend aka your wife <laughs> And so the stain was shown to be blood, and it was still wet when the forensics team examined it. Bro, what? Mm-hmm. So obviously Chris is their main suspect. Obviously. For sure. Like, what do you do? Just kill her for a few couple of days? Left that blood? Just see? Like, Bruh. you know, it. you just needed to soak that carpet a bit. It, Apparently. It, it, so Chris, like... Chris says he doesn't know anything about Karen's death. But when the police interviewed the bartender that Chris said he was at the bar, he says he doesn't remember seeing Chris there. And the morning that Karen disappeared, he pawned off some of her jewelry. 
Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the forensic team... He's not a good liar. <laughs> no. He, he's, he's a youngin', you know? I mean, he's That's older true. than we are now, but... Still. How you gonna kill your mom's best friend? <clears throat> A.K.A. your wife. <laughs> so the forensic team goes back to the house at night, and they use luminol um, to show the presence of blood. So they put it everywhere. They take photographs of the rooms with the lights off, with the black light on, and with the regular lights on, so that they can see kind of the pathway of where all the blood is the blood to kind of get the went. full story of what happened. Yeah. So um, when they do that... Blood is literally everywhere. Like, it's The man on... went on a stabbing, like... <laughs> it's swiped against walls. It's on the floor. The man was like, I don't want to... I don't want an older woman no more. It's on the ceiling. It's on the doors. He was so, probably on drugs. He was so, probably on drugs. So blood splatter evidence tells the story that someone in that room was beaten with, like, a blunt objects. And that, sure. and that the body was drugged through the house and out the back steps on the driveway. Like, there's a smear all the way down to the driveway. Um, and then the it stops. So, he drove it away. Huh? He drove it away. Mm-hmm. So they, he didn't so, bother cleaning any of this? Or no, they, they just did, found it with so the black he light? Did, he did clean it. They just found it with the black light. It just wasn't that carpet that he decided to clean. He let yeah. that blood soak. Yeah. He wanted much. it marinating that carpet. You know, <laughs> he what? he wanted he wanted to change carpet colors. Like what in the Clearly. world? Clearly. So they did a measurement test on the carpet stain to see like how much blood is in that stain because they still don't have her body. So essentially they have to prove that she's dead. So yeah. by looking at the blood stain, they see that it's about 1,300 to 1,400 cc's of blood, meaning that that blood stain is more than 40% of her blood, meaning that she would not have survived losing that much blood, meaning that So she laid dead. there for a while. No, she was, maybe she laid there for a while, or maybe that blood came out really quickly because of yeah. how severely she was beaten. But she's and, definitely in that spot where enough blood was able to leave her body. Yes. Yeah. And so to That's verify insane. to verify that the blood belonged to um, Karen, they reach out to the FBI and her father's passed away. So they've got to verify on both sides of her DNA. Because, you know, you get 50 from your dad, 50 from your mom. So they pull blood samples between Karen's mother, her sisters, her three children. And they pull in the ex-husband, um, her one of her ex-husbands, to check the DNA against. Just to kind of prove that she is the person. Like, there's no chance of her being some other person. Oh, man, that's also crazy. Imagine you got kids that are probably the same age as your husband. What? Right. Right. Bro. So, so obviously, Chris is arrested. <laughs> the police yeah. is, the police scenario, they believe that Chris stood near a window, uh, hit Karen on the head, and that she fell and hit her head on the bedpost and uh, leaving blood and, and residue there that confirmed to be her. And that um, she you know, fell to the ground and that uh, Chris wrapped her body up in a bed sheet and tied it up with a telephone wire. 
and that he, you know, dragged her out in the night to some deserted location and then returned back to the house to clean. I thought he was going to do like more hitting and more stabbing. Well, clearly so he hit her, but everywhere. they don't, they, he clearly beat her. And she fell to the ground, hit her head, and probably beat her some more. And I kind of get to that when we get to his statements. Um, but he Gross. didn't stab her. He beat her. He beat Not that much rude. blood out of her. I mean, I mean, obviously. That's so rude. Clearly. How you gonna do that, bro? The rudest. The, the absolute rudest. You know. If you don't want to date someone that's the same age as your mom, then why you date her? Well, Dang. if you don't want to marry her, then don't marry her. Yeah. So, um, so after what is Chris, it insurance? You get free insurance. You get uh, so like you, if you take out an insurance policy on somebody and they are, you know, d- die in a certain way, you can get a payout for their supposed to be for like their funeral costs and different things like that because when you take out that big of a of an insurance policy you have to pay for that month to month so the idea with these people is they take out a big fat insurance policy and then kill them so that way they're not paying that insurance policy for a while and then they get the payout and that's the scam what the fuck but i don't think that was the scenario so I think he was on drugs and he yeah. just got angry. <clears throat> so the problem that law enforcement faced is that they don't have a murder weapon or Karen's body. So at the at the time of the preliminary hearing, and the preliminary hearing is where they go over the evidence of the case. So mm-hmm. you'll have like uh, an arraignment, then you'll have a preliminary hearing, then you'll have a sentencing. I mean, sorry, then you'll have a trial and then you'll have a sentencing. So at the time of the preliminary hearing, early stages, um, Karen's body is found. Uh, it's in a remote field off the interstate, and some young, some young gentlemen riding dirt bikes, dirt, dirt bikes, <laughs> um, found her laying by co- a cottonwood tree with the bed sheets wrapped around her. So. Underneath her body, they end up finding a piece of a check from a Shell oil company to New York. Um, Obviously, Karen's from New York. She's got family who works in that oil company. So it's just kind of further confirmation that it's her. So when he was wrapping her up, that piece of paper must have been on the floor or on the bed and got wrapped up with her. So it's just further evidence that this is Karen, you know, and they came from Karen's house. So, um... What the fuck? They confirm that it's her from dental records and DNA. Um, and the autopsy pretty much confirms the prosecution's theory. The state medical examiner said that Karen had 15 skull fractures, three broken ribs, according to the autopsy results. 15 skull fractures? Yes, ma'am. He beat her head in. He, he was like, if I ain't going to kill you, I want to make sure you got brain damage. Yeah. So in 1994, when Chris went on trial, uh, the defense clearly seeing that Chris, you know, did the do, um, they instead to argue that the attack wasn't premeditated. So they're not going to argue that he killed her. They're just going to argue that he didn't do it in a premeditated way. I think he was on drugs still. Mm-hmm. So Chris says that he was remorseful. Um, he says that he grabbed her, threw her on the floor, 
striking her several times in the head with his fists. He told the police that he also banged her head on the floor. Um, he stopped hitting her after he saw a large pool of blood and a large gash on her right temple. Um, he told detectives that he then left the house. That was the last time he saw his wife. And he cleaned up the blood, poured bleach throughout the house, and claimed that his wife tried to stab him with a hypodermic syringe and started scratching him, hitting him, and that that's why he attacked her. But he says that he's remorseful and that he loves her and misses her. You know. Um, huh? <laughs> so basically, you're right. He's still on drugs because that's something that they argued about a lot. And he's claiming that she went after him with a syringe and that's why he attacked her. Like, he's trying to say, like, it was, it was, she instigated the altercation. But, dude, you beat and smashed her head into the floor, you know? Like, you That's you how he shows her, his love. You know? Um, the fuck? And Chris's mother essentially testified against him, saying that Chris and Karen had a stormy relationship and that, uh, quote, I tried to talk to Karen out of the relationship with Chris because they weren't good for one another. She also testified that Chris used cocaine and that he and his wife frequently quarreled. So he... Uh, his mother makes poor decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So How he, are you going to hook your son up <laughs> with your friend, mm-hmm. but you know he has a drug problem? Mm-hmm. You don't even want to help him. But you leave him in the hands of your best friend. He's like, oh, it's your problem now. Yep. Um, And he gets sentenced to a thousand years in prison. It's probably a thousand fists that he felt like he had. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the case of Karen Campano. I can't with these people. I can't. What? Mm -hmm. That's how he shows his love? Are you kidding me? Well... When you're on drugs, it's tough because a lot of people on drugs don't beat the crap out of their out of their family members. But at the same time, it definitely affects you. What the hell? Don't do drugs, kids. What? Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. No, just. Georgina, no. Georgina, no. <laughs> Why would you? Ugh. Yeah, I can't. It's, it is just... a crazy episode, dude. But what... it's like he didn't even try to hide it. He he tried to hide it at the beginning. Like he was so sloppy too. So it's just like, what did you expect? That's, to happen, that's how bro? you know he was on drugs. Yeah, he was so sloppy on trying to hide it. So he didn't even bother to clean the biggest stain. He pawned off her jewelry the next day. Like, dude. And he probably like he did it to, off, to buy he drugs. He cleaned off, like, the outside and stuff, but he didn't even bother to clean the biggest stain, which is the giant right. blob of Right, or blo- to, like, cut like, out the carpet or something. You know, like that Bones episode where someone, like, carved out the carpet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what? Oh, yeah. So what is your correlation with this to that one? The bedpost. It was tough to find one for this one because there was a couple of different directions I wanted to go in. But I part it of was the bedpost. Yeah, part of the forensics was finding her blood on the bedpost and the injury that she got 
part, one of the fractures and injuries that she got to her skull from her head falling on the bedpost. And I was then, actually surprised that you weren't going to go into detail uh, to how this Bones episode was related to um, a gang incident in California, the real life situation. Yeah, it's tough to do uh, to to see what I wanted to do with this one. Um, I was kind of short on time, so I didn't oh, really good. look too deep into a couple of different cases. This one was still good. I'm just mind blown. Like, bro, why would you? I have so many questions for this man, but I don't want to ask him. He, I just, I just know. You know, he's actually featured in the episode. Um, Yikes. Where, like, from prison, obviously, where he provides, Yikes. you know, information saying that, you know, he did it he was he was obviously wrong but that he was really on drugs yikes you know big yikes yeah it's tough i figured um with the last two episodes i did kind of more inspiration from the general theme of the episode so with okay. this one i thought i'd go back to forensics and okay. uh, the, you did bedpost, so it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Made a lot of sense. That was a very big point in the episode. Yes, and in the um for the next episode, I do kind of both, where it's forensics and very related to how the actual murder goes down in the episode. Well, so damn. I'm excited right. about the next one because I got well, some I crazy details for you. I look forward to getting mm -hmm. my mind blown. The like next right now, episode, my mind is blown. yeah, I mean, it's a it's We're a tough one it. because a good chunk of murders are peep spouses killing each other, which That's is so crazy. It's horrible. It's so funny how people are like, "Why would you divorce?" Or you don't believe in divorce? I'm like, "Well, would you rather divorce or leave, or you want them dead? Which one?" You might as well divorce or leave instead of killing them. Come I can't imagine wanting, like, I guess there are very few scenarios where I could imagine wanting an ex actually dead. And usually in these scenarios, when the ex, it's not the ex who is in the wrong that gets dead. It's the ex who's in the wrong who does the killing. So I just... I just don't get it. You know? I don't either. Um, but, Anyways, But guys. the next the next episode is The Man on the Fairway. Episode 14. Episode 14. So, be ready, guys. It's coming up. Um, let us know what you guys thought of this episode this week. Um, we'll also listen to see how this recording turned out and we'll make the adjustments for sure. <laughs> yes. So we're we're working on it. Um and then we're gonna record this coming week's episode and just keep on going and we're chugging along till the end of the first season. Yep, and like we said, we'll have a little break and, you know, catch up on some stuff. Mm -hmm. Have a little surprise. We'll, you know, roll with it. Yep. And then we'll We'll come at you with season two, and it'll be dope. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we'll see you guys next week.